go ahead and have a seat. Hey, for all your parents, uh, Joy is back in the back and Kelly. So if you want to send the kids out, they'll be back there to hang out with them and uh, spend some time with them today. All right. Well, it's New Year's time, and so uh, we've, uh, last Sunday, this Sunday, been talking about uh, not simply resolutions, but things you need to do uh, as you move into the new year. If you remember last week, we talked about some ponderings. You've been pondering all week? Sure, some of your heads are nodding. Yeah, some of the great things to ponder. Well, talking to you about pondering, you know, where your life's headed, uh, and what are, what are the things you need to do in 2009 that are going to move you to a different place uh, in life. So why don't you watch the screen for a minute and uh, get hopefully a little chuckle uh, as uh, kids maybe open our eyes a little bit about uh, the really important things that we need to uh, commit ourselves to. So watch the screen for a minute. This year I want to spend more time with my kids. I want to stop gossiping. Did you see what she was wearing? I know. This year I'm going to join the Biker's game. This year I'm going to control my shopping. I'm going to stop spending $6 on a cup of coffee. I'm going to control my anger. What are you doing? Can't you see I try to work here? I want to find that special girl. How are you doing? Huh. Pick it up! This year I'm going to call my parents more. This year... I want to get rid of this pot belly. I want to care more about the environment. I want to be a better handyman. This year I'm going to be my own boss. I'm going to charge 10% of my gross pay. This year I will pay off all my debts. I'm going to go back to school and get my master's. I want to complete a marathon. I want to quit smoking. <coughs> this year I'll control my road rage. I want to have a daily quiet time. Okay, maybe a monthly quiet time. <laughs> well, uh, okay, as we move into 2009, what I've been trying to do is uh, to lay some groundwork last week about some uh, just foundational kind of things, and then this week I want to try to build on what we learned last week. So for those who weren't here, we'll give you the quick lesson of last week. Um, number one, we recognized last week that our time here is limited, right? That our time walking around on this earth is really uh, limited. Uh, because it's limited, we may need to make the most of every single moment we have, and that means we're going to live at a different level and act differently. And to do that, we've got to put God first, okay? Now I want to take those principles and I want to really push you this morning to, to really apply that uh, into some specific things. And I think if you follow through uh, what you hear this morning and you really put this into place in 2009, your 2009 uh, is going to be different. It's just going to be different than what 2008 was. So if you're ready to go, here we go. Uh, number one, uh, as you move into 2009... You need to commit to forego your failures. You just need to let go of the failures of 2008 or uh, beyond. You need to be willing to not carry those failures any further than where you've carried them uh, right now. Let me show you uh, in Scripture where that comes into play. Philippians uh, 3, Paul says, I have not yet reached my goal, and I am not perfect. Has Paul made some mistakes? I'm not yet perfect. (laughs) 
He's had some failures. He's made some mistakes. He understands the way his life has been. So he's saying, look, I understand. I've got some stuff in my past that's not perfect. So do you. Look what Paul's reaction is. But Christ has taken hold of me. Who's in charge of his life? Oh, Christ is. And if Christ is in charge of your life, it means you have the privilege of being able to do something with all that past and all those failures. He says, Christ has taken hold of me, so I keep on running and struggling to take hold of the prize. My friends, I don't feel that I've already arrived. Here's the key word. But I forget what is behind and I struggle for what is ahead. Paul understands that he's had some failures in his life, but he's not going to hold on to those failures. He's going to let Christ hold on to him. And if Christ has a hold of your life, it means you can let go of all of those failures. See, what happens is if failure takes hold of us, we carry those failures over into the next year, and we carry all the past failures from the previous year and the year before that and the year before that. We carry all that guilt and all that anxiety, and what has hold of our life is not Christ but our failures to the point that we carry that failures, those failures so much, they mount up so much that we forget and we are unwilling to take any more risk in life. We forget and we're unwilling to make the most of the moment because we just hold on to the failure. We let the failure control us. Paul is saying, look, let go of the past. Let go of the failures that are part of your past and instead let Christ take hold of your life and move forward. The application for you this morning is simple. Some of you in the room this morning, you just need to move on. In your life, you just need to move on. You need to let go of whatever it is that you've been beating yourself up for that's been in your past. You just need to let go of whatever it is that's just been burdening the heck out of you all of these years and you've just been dragging along and dragging along and letting it be part of your life. You just need to let go of that stuff and move on. If 2009 is going to be an incredible year for you, it's because you let Christ take hold of you, and you let go of those past failures. In Isaiah, we get uh, Isaiah saying it just straight at us again. In verse 18 of Isaiah 43, it says, Forget what happened long ago. Do you see the exclamation point? He's, he's making a point. Just forget it. Just let it go. Forget what happened long ago. Don't think about the past. I'm creating something new. There it is. Do you see it? See, the question is, in 2009, if you're captured by your failures, can you even possibly see anything new coming into your life? But when you let go of the failures, when you let Christ take hold of your life, and you just move into that new year, and you move on, then you can begin to see the possibilities of new things that can happen. But as long as you hold on to the failures, the failures will hold you back from what God has in store for you. In 2009, you need to commit yourself to just let go of the failures. Just let go of it and move on. Number two, you need to commit to release those grudges that you have. You know about grudges, right? It's okay to shake your head and say you know about grudges. 
We all do, right? We're broken people like Paul. We know about grudges. We have those things that creep into our life where we get those kind of deep resentments uh, towards people. We get that kind of deep just dislike uh, for somebody. And right away, many of you already put a name to that somebody, haven't you? Yeah, right? You need to let go of the grudge. You need to just commit yourself to let go of those kinds of grudges because grudges are dangerous. Grudges are dangerous and they're destructive. Uh, Let's look again at at Scripture. Colossians 3 says, Put up with each other. I love that phrase. Does Does it say there that you need to like everybody? No, it says you've got to be willing to love them enough to put up with them. Do you see that? Put up with everybody and forgive anyone who does you wrong. Does it say forgive only a few people? Does it say, forgive everybody except that one guy? No, it says, forgive anyone. You see it? you got to be ready to let go and release those grudges because those grudges are destructive. They're not only destructive in terms of that relationship with that one guy, but they are also destructive to you. I mean, they've done studies out there and research out there, and of all places, Reader's Digest had an article that said, How Letting Go of Grudges Can Improve Your Health. This guy named Frederick uh, Luskin, a Ph.D., he, um, he says, People who forgive show less depression, anger, and stress, and show more hopefulness. See, if you don't believe the Bible, believe Reader's Digest. See? Just let go of the grudges. It is the best thing you can do for yourself. When you harbor grudges, it's like that sliver that begins to fester. And when that festers, you notice how it just gets kind of ugly and red starts expanding and all of a sudden the red gets further and further. The, the, the illness, the sickness just begins, the infection begins spreading further and further. That's what grudges do. When grudges get into our life, it's not just a grudge that happens against that one person, but grudges reside inside of us. And they're that infection that begins to filter its way into our other relationships. So as long as you harbor that grudge, you're putting your relationships, your other relationships, at risk. You need to just release the grudges. You need to just let go of those grudges. That's what Jesus did for you. Paul would say, don't let anyone... uh, He would say, just as Christ has forgiven you... Love is more important than anything else. You see that? So you can't harbor grudges because Christ didn't harbor a grudge against you. Christ didn't die on the cross and say, you know what, I'm dying for absolutely everybody in the world except. He just died. The same way with us. We need to be able to not just receive that, but we need to be able to put it into play. We need to practice that and say, you know what, if Christ could do that, I need to be able to do that too and let go of those grudges. And it's the healthiest thing you can do uh, for the rest of your relationships and for your relationship with God. It's a great verse out of Hebrews 12, uh, and it kind of makes it clear. Look at this one. It says, Make sure that no one misses out on God's wonderful kindness. Now that phrase means it's absolutely possible for someone to miss out, right? He says, make sure nobody does, which means it's possible 
that someone could miss out on God's wonderful kindness. Well, what would make you miss out on God's wonderful kindness? He says, don't let anyone become bitter. You see that? That's where grudges come from, isn't it? When you just get bitter and angry and you just harbor that, that hatred for that one person. See, when you let that reside in you, it becomes infectious in your other relationships and it becomes infectious to your relationship with God and it's going to cause you to miss out. It's going to become a barrier that causes you to miss out on some of the wonderful kindness that God wants to express in your 2009. As you move into 2009, you just need to commit yourself to release those kinds of grudges. Okay, you with me so far? Sounds good, those two things? Here's the hard one. This is the hard one for us. This is real application. When you let go of the grudge, the next thing you need to do is commit yourself to renew that relationship. What? That guy that I haven't got along with, with all these, that person that's been a thorn in my side, that person I just can't stand, you want me to go and try to renew a relationship? Yes, absolutely. That's what God wants you to do. You see, you were far away, and God chose to come near. That person has been far away, and you in 2009 need to choose to extend relationship to that person. It's what Jesus says. Jesus says it in Matthew 5. He says, if you say someone is worthless, you will be in the danger of the fires of hell. How serious is that? And we're talking hell in church. That's pretty serious stuff, right? That's pretty significant words there. He's saying, look, when you look at another person and you say they're worthless, right? You've had this grudge against them. Maybe you've got that place. Okay, I'm going to let go of the grudge. If you don't try to renew a relationship with them, you are saying that person is worthless. And in God's eyes... That person was worth dying for. That person was worth the experience of the cross. You need to begin to look at that person differently and try to renew your relationship with that person. Jesus says, So if you are about to place your gift on the altar and remember that someone is angry with you, leave your gift there in front of the altar Make peace with that person, then come back and offer your gift to God. What's more important? That you make the attempt to renew that relationship. Does that mean the other person is going to receive it? I don't know. You see, it's not about how the other person responds to you. It's about how you see the other person. It's that you get to that place in 2009 that understands even that person that you had this grudge against, even that person is worth Jesus Christ dying for. You understand them to be of extraordinary value to God. And because they're important to God, they become important to you. And so you can let go of the grudge and you can take the risk of trying to renew a relationship with them, regardless of how they respond. You just need to do it because it's the right thing to do in your own relationship with Christ. Let God take care of everything else. Uh, Paul writes a great, uh, a great reminder to us in Romans 12 about the whole revenge thing. and He says, Dear friends, don't try to get even. 
Let God take revenge. In the Scriptures, the Lord says, I'm the one to take revenge and pay them back. The Scriptures also say, if your enemies are hungry, give them something to eat. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. This will be the same as piling burning coals on their heads. Don't let evil defeat you, but defeat evil with good. See, that person that you hold a grudge against, they've just been living their life anyway. It hasn't really meant a whole lot to them that you've got a grudge against them. It's hurt you more than it's hurt them. What you need to do is let go of the grudge and try to renew the relationship and just feel good about finding them as a worthwhile, valuable person in Christ's eyes. And let God take care of whatever the hurt is that they did to you. It's not saying here that somehow, you know, they didn't hurt you. Of course they hurt you. You wouldn't feel that way if if they didn't. It's just saying, look, go beyond the hurt. Let God take care of the revenge. You don't need to get even. Let go of the grudge and renew the relationship and keep sending the message to them that God loves them and they are incredibly valuable in God's eyes. And for you, it becomes that incredible healing of just letting go of all of that stuff that's been festering in your life. Commit yourself to renew that relationship. Let me give you a a quote of a guy named uh, uh, Alpha Robertson. And Alpha Robertson lost his daughter down in uh, Birmingham, Alabama in 1963 when the KKK burned down a church. And his daughter was one of the girls killed uh, in the fire. Alpha Robertson says, You can't waste a life hating people because all they do is live their life laughing and doing more evil. Do you get that? So you think somehow you're hurting them? You're not. They're just living their life without you. They're just doing what they're going to do. All you're doing is hurting yourself by harboring the grudge. What you need to do is let go of the grudge and try to renew the relationship and just get beyond it and move on and let go of that part of your past. All of that is the process of committing yourself to a new life in 2009 and committing yourself to a new mind in 2009. Uh, Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 5 says, Anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. If you're a new person, that means the old is gone, right? This is a great thing about New Year's. It becomes a time for us to really get serious about being that new person that Christ declares us to be. Paul's just saying, look, You are a new person the way God sees you. God gives you the opportunity to have your life change and be absolutely different and new. Anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. If Christ has a hold of your life, it's a new life. He's already taken care of the past. He's already taken care of the failures. He's already taken care of the sins. You can now let go of all that stuff, and you can live differently. And not only, like we said last week, act differently, but it starts with thinking differently. He said there in Corinthians, the past is forgotten and everything is new. God has done it all, right? If you jump to uh, Romans 6, part of the process of this is Romans 6. In the same way, you must think of yourself as dead to the power of sin. Do you see that? 
If you're going to be a new person, if Christ is going to take hold of your life in 2009, if you're going to let go of the past, let go of all that stuff, you need to change the way you think and just start thinking and acknowledging that Christ has a hold of your life and sin no longer does. You're not going to act that way anymore because you're just not going to think that way anymore. You're going to think and know that sin no longer can take control of your life. It no longer has any power over you because Christ has a hold of you. It starts with thinking differently. If you go to Romans 8, he says, People who are ruled by their desires think, what? Only about themselves. See that? Okay, so their mindset is going in one direction, right? It's where they put their mind. Next, everyone who's ruled by the Holy Spirit thinks, what? About spiritual things. The mind is focused in a different direction, isn't it? Absolutely. If you're going to act differently in 2009, it's not only that you let go of all that stuff of the past, but you begin being a new person because you start thinking as a new person. You start thinking, wait a minute, Christ has got a hold of my life. Sin no longer has any power over me because sin's going to keep trying to get back at you. And you need to start just saying, wait a minute, I am a new person in 2009. That stuff no longer has any power over my life. Christ has a hold of my life. I'm going to think about spiritual things. He says, if our minds are ruled by our desires, we will die. But if our minds are ruled by the Spirit, we'll have life and peace. It starts where you think. And where you think leads to how you act. That's why Proverbs 4 says, carefully guard your thoughts because they are the source of true life. Where you think will direct where you act. If 2009 is going to be different for you, it's because you let go of the past, but you also let go of the old way of thinking. And you think, you think about spiritual things. Let go of the grudges, Try to renew those relationships because you're thinking God's thoughts. You're thinking spiritual things. You sit there this morning and you say, wow, that sounds fantastic, Pastor. That's just great, but you know what? I can't do it. I just can't do it. And my answer is, you're right, you can't. But what I can tell you is God can. If you're ready to let go, God can do this in your life. If you're tired of the way 2008 was in your life, God can make 2009 more than you ever dreamed of. But you've got to let Him. You've got to get out of the way and just let Him do this incredible thing in your life. If you go to Zechariah 4, it says, So the angel explained that it was the following message of the Lord to Zerubbabel. I am the Lord all-powerful. How powerful is God? Sounds pretty good to me, right? All-powerful. Nothing is beyond what God can do in your life. He says, I am the Lord all-powerful, so don't depend on your own power or strength, but on my Spirit. You see, if you want your 2009 to become incredible, you can just let go of all that stuff in the past. You can go ahead and let go of all those grudges. You can try to renew those relationships. And you've got to step back and get your thinking in the right spiritual realm and just let God do it. Just let God do it. John 6 says, The Spirit is the one who gives life. Human strength can do 
nothing. See that? Human strength can do nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are from that life-giving spirit. If 2009 is going to be incredible, it's because you just get out of the way. And you let God take hold of your life. Where we started with Paul when he said, Christ has a hold of my life. A guy named uh, Dwight Moody, he was a great uh, preacher. He used the, uh, the illustration, he'd hold up an empty glass. So kind of picture an empty glass here in my hand. And he'd say to the folks, now how in the world can I get the air out of this glass? Oh, some people come up with all kinds of ideas like, well, you could just kind of suck it out, you know, vacuum it out kind of stuff. And he said, no, no, that wouldn't work because they put too much in to break the glass. So what's the only way to get the air out of the glass? Exactly, that's the answer. You just take some water and fill it. So you've got to fill it with something else. That's the way it is with our life. If you're going to get 2008 out, all that stuff that you want to get rid of, you've got to fill your life with something else. You've got to fill your life with the presence of God. You've got to concentrate your thinking on the spiritual things. He says in Romans 12, Don't be like the people of this world, but let God change the way you Think. You see that? Then you'll know how to do everything that is good and pleasing to Him. See how it works? He can say in Second Corinthians, We live in this world, but we don't act like its people or fight our battles with the weapons of this world. Instead, we use God's power that can destroy fortresses. How much can God do in your life if you let Him? More than you ever imagined. The key for us to the new year is to just let God fill up our life. The example of Psalm 1 is, uh, is the example of uh, letting God fill up your life. Psalm 1 says, God blesses those people who refuse evil advice and won't follow sinners in joining and sneering at God. Instead, this is the instead, this is the 2009. Instead, the law of the Lord makes them happy. What are they filling themselves up with? The law of the Lord, yes? The law of the Lord makes them happy, and they think about it day and night. They are like trees growing beside a stream, trees that produce fruit in season and always have leaves. Those people succeed in everything they do. You're going to have an incredible 2009. It's because you take these principles we've talked about, you let go of all that stuff, and you just let God fill you up. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today and we do ask that. We ask uh, as we turn the calendar that we can uh, turn our lives also uh, completely over to you, that we can let go of all of, the, uh, all of the failures. We can let go of all the grudges. Uh, we can even take the risks to renew relationships. And we know our time is so limited and we have to make the most of it. The best thing we can do is just put you first. And we ask, Father, today that you would just uh, bring this not only to our minds but to our hearts. Help us to grab hold of this truth today and uh, as we move into this 2009, that we can move into a new life, being new people that are just filled up with your presence. We ask this humbly in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's sing. Would you please stand and join us again?